0: about sick and tired of the devil, just be truthful with you, and I mean no pun intended when I say sick and tired of the devil, uh, when we came back from Alexandria and, and the feeling so good in the Holy Ghost, and the first thing, my car broke down, and, and then since I've been home, I'm not kidding, we've had more people go to the hospital in the last four or five days than we had in three months, probably. And we're thankful that we're a healthy church the majority of the time. But uh, I, I just I, I just wrote down this afternoon, and some of it almost sounds contradictory, but uh, just thoughts that was running through my mind. Sister Stella, it's good to have you here tonight. So glad that Louise is doing good. How's your dad doing, Dennis? Okay, still in recovery. Dennis' daddy had surgery, and Brother Huff, remember Brother Huff, as he did he get to go home? Okay, and uh, I'm just telling you all, we've had a a lot of things happening. I'm going to tell you, the first thing I wrote down, I don't know who said this, but somebody said it a while back, said, If I get God's attention, rest assured you're going to get the devil's attention too. And I tell you what, instead of being down and out and negative about it, when I get to thinking about everything that's transpired the last few days, uh, I'm going to be positive about it. Because if the devil is worrying about these things, how much more has my God seen? I think somebody's been praying around here. I think somebody's been worshiping God around here. I think somebody's been studying the word of the Lord around here. I think Sunday night with our children dancing and talking, Talking in tongues around the altar. I want you to know I'm not discouraged tonight. I'm encouraged tonight that God sees us. And if the devil thinks he's going to discourage us, he's picked the wrong crew. I have come to worship the Lord tonight. I've come to shake off every doubt and every fear. Yes. Hallelujah. And I know why you'll just teach on Wednesday night, but I'm just plumb aggravated at the devil. Boy, I was glad to hear this good report today, though. Somebody got baptized here this morning at the church. Paul, is that right? Uh, and uh, we were so glad to hear that report. I want you to know folks God's the only real power. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. Uh, We've got to understand he never promised us a rose garden. He never said it was always going to be easy. He never said I wouldn't have a cross to carry but he did say I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Uh, He said I'll go with you to the very end Uh, and you know what God is looking for tonight? What he's always looking for. He's looking for some worshipers he's looking for somebody that says i'm going to forget about my troubles i'm going to forget about my problems and i am going to worship god in spirit and in truth the only thing i have to offer god is true heartfelt worship that's the only thing i've got could somebody help me praise the lord right now lord you up. Holy and righteous is your name, O Lord. I am in search of you, Lord. I want to know you better. I want to magnify you like I never have. I want to live my life like I never have. Oh God, come by here, O Lord. Come by here, O Lord. We worship you. We but god i just want to praise you for who you are for a little while i'm not even asking you for anything right now oh god just for who you are anybody thankful for that you know who he is hallelujah oh god help us that we're always asking him we're always every time we talk to him it's give me give me give me i believe the bible says he's seeking he's going his eyes run to and fro throughout whole earth to show himself strong in behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him they're at the picture show tonight they're at the ball game tonight but praise the lord we came to the house of the lord because we had a hunger and a desire and a thirst and a made-up mind to worship him i'm gonna tell you how i'm hungry for god you know what the tragedy of Pentecost is? The tragedy of Pentecost. We sought diligently the Lord until we got the Holy Ghost. And then somehow we built ourselves a little place to see it and wait until Jesus comes back. Oh, that the Lord would get a hold of me and get a hold of this church to understand the unsearchable riches in the word of the Lord. Oh, that I might know him in the beauty of holiness. Oh, that I might walk in the light as he is in the light. Oh, that my heart would beat like his heart beats. Oh, that every day when I got up, my mind was on the Lord saying, God, this day, this day, Lord, I'm going to be a worshiper. This day, I'm going to be what I ought to be. This day, I'm going to magnify you. Oh, I'm telling you, he wants somebody that's got a desire. It is pitiful. That when we wasn't living for God, we could give ourselves to things. Really, it's pitiful when you really look at it. That the nights I could stay up all night, the times I'd spend all my money on making myself feel good, and now we come to the house of God too many times, just barely dragging in, thinking that God ought to be proud that we just showed up. Folks, God expects us to love Him with everything that we got. You better remember the pit that He digged you out of. You better You better remember where you could be tonight. I don't care what's happening in your life. He's still God. He's still a good God. He's still on the throne tonight. He's still got everything under control, and I want to praise and magnify him. I'm going to tell you what the problem is. When we get close to him, he wants us to get junk out of our lives. (laughs) i tell you what the problem is right there we begin to feel God dealing with us and when we step up to the plate all of a sudden when I was at one relationship level with him he might tolerate things in my life but when I get a little bit closer I'm not necessarily talking about seeing things I'm just talking about when I start getting closer to God though he says you're now in a greater covenant relationship with me and I am going to require of you a greater consecration and a greater dedication and the problem is we're not willing to pay that price but oh God stir me up oh God stir this church up there is no price too great to be paid to have revival there is no price too great to be paid to see our children saved from this world that we're in oh God change us oh Lord change us oh Lord your real worship is the way you live It is the way you live. That is the highest praise. But you know what? If I don't learn how to worship Him literally, You see, in his presence, there's fullness of joy. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. You're not in the presence of God just because you came in this building. He said, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. If you haven't thanked the Lord for something tonight, you have not got on the premises of God. If you have not praised him yet tonight, you're really not in the presence of God. Yes, his presence is everywhere, but I want the manifesting presence of God. I want the glory of God to come down. And I've got to understand it costs something. But the truth is, we determine at what level we are in Jesus. Oh, he's a good God, isn't he? He puts up with us. How does he do it, folks? Who can understand the depth and the breadth and the length and the love of God? You know, if there's anybody that ought to just be wired all the time for the Lord, it's me. But you know, somehow in this world that we're living in, you know, there's things we have to take care of. There's things we have to do. And God expects me to be a good husband. Amen. He expects me to be a good father. He expects you to be a good employee. He expects you to do all the things that you can do to be a witness to this world. But somewhere along the way, it's an amazing God that is so secure and so big that he says, I'm going to let you choose your level of relationship that you have with me. Some people have marriages like that. They just pass in the night. They live in the same house and they very rarely speak. And they very rather have any time together. It's just a passing. That's not the kind of marriage that I wanted to have. I want to have one that I grow old together with joy and happiness and walking hand in hand. And I'm going to tell you, you can have any kind of relationship that you want. But God is still looking down saying, is there anybody would like to draw closer to me? Is there anybody that's still got a little hunger? Is there anybody that's not satisfied with just a little talking in tongues? Is there anybody that's got a tender heart? Is there anybody that can see through my eyes? Because you see, if you ever get to seeing through His eyes, all of a sudden you see such a hurting world, and more than that, you see a lost world. I was teaching Michael that scripture we was working on tonight or this afternoon. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses. He didn't call me to be the judge. He didn't call me to be the jury. He called me to be a witness. Folks, we've got to become witnesses. We've got to somehow get a mindset that living for God includes being a witness. It's more than just the way we dress. It's more than just coming to church regular. We had a missionary from South America up in Cleveland one time, and he told me when people prayed through, we told them, here's things you need to do. Boom, 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 boom. And one of them is, now you got to go tell somebody what Jesus has done for you. That was right in there with paying your tithes and dressing right and coming to the house of the Lord. That now it is required of you to be a witness. Oh, Lord, help us to understand if we really have what we say we have if we've got the cure for sin if we've got the serum that they're needing out there how can we sit here as they pass by and going into a lake of fire oh God stir me Lord like you never have before oh God help me to understand the blood still works folks the blood still works without the shedding of blood there's no remission of sins but he's already shed it Don't ever think sin is not punished. Sin is always punished. But you see, I have someone that stands in my stead, the Lamb of God. But sin is always, don't think when you sin that, that that there wasn't a price. There is a price that's paid for every sin that we do. But the good news is I've had the blood applied to my life. And that if any man sins, if we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Aren't you glad that Jesus is there right there watching over us? He sees us. He understands that we are but flesh. But he also understands I've given you my spirit. And you've got power inside of you. If we would just believe it. If we would just understand it. I tell you, we got to be worship for those folks. God changes you in worship sometimes. See, I, I can sometimes, uh, I, I'm a, I love to worship. I love to get in the presence of God. But I, I learned a long time ago when I really worship, when I really get caught up, that's when God's going to speak to me about things in my life. And there's times, see, when we're not wanting God to speak to us, that we just kind of satisfy with a little patty cake and a little praise in there. Because when you get some people praying like some of them were Sunday night, I'm going to tell you, God's talking to their heart. God is wooing them and encouraging them and telling them that there's a higher way. There's a better way to live, folks. I'm, I'm glad I'm not under the law of the Old Testament. Nobody could live. All the law did was define sin. It couldn't help them be overcomers. But now we have the Spirit of God inside of us, uh, and he's given us a new heart, uh, and he changes our desires, uh, and yet at the same time, I'm telling you, he will let me just sit on the pew if that's what I want to do. He will allow me to be as involved or uninvolved as I want to be. I hope we're going to be saved, folks. I'm fixing to start a Bible study on this. I've just been stirred up for a while. I want to know, God, what do we really have to do to be saved? In other words, I'm not talking about what I've been told. Lord, I want to get in your word. I want to understand, folks, because I I, I hope I hope we're all saved. Don't you? I hope we're saved just coming to church and, 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 and dressing right and putting our money in and kind of going. Th- I hope we're saved. But I tell you what, if we're not, I want to find out. God, is there something else you're requiring of us? I want to find out. And there's, it's been burning me for a little while. Oh God, somehow let me open my eyes and try to read your word and meditate on your word. And I want your word to speak to me. Oh God, there's nothing too great to give up to be saved, folks. There's no hardship. There's nothing you've got to turn away from that would be worth living, being lost. And yet in our world that we're in, and you know, he calls, he calls the church sheep. And, he, and he, he, we look at the example in the Old Testament and, and so many of those people. And you know what he always had to, They always had a mixed multitude that was with them. That was people that didn't really believe that was people that intermarried amongst them and had children. There was always a mixed multitude that was there with the people of God. And I'm going to tell you the verse that probably worries me the most though is about the five wise and the five foolish. That's not talking about the world. That's talking about people that have had the all in their lives. And out of that group only half of that example and then it goes on to say two shall be in the bed, one taking the other left. Two shall be in the field. All of those examples are saying that half of the people that I think what I understand half the people that think that they're ready to meet the Lord may not be ready to meet the Lord I don't want to deceive myself folks I've done come out of a world of sin I don't want to sit on the pew and get hard hearted and nonchalant and unconcerned and wake up in the lake of fire oh God I want to be saved oh God whatever's got to happen But you know what? The best way to be sane is just to fall in love with him. Not worrying about, you know, when you go to Western Sizzler and it says, you know, that that steak, I forgot my handkerchief again here. We got one here, Brother Shane. All right, I'll just have to use a, that's not feminine, is it? Okay. You know what? Oh what? I said a wife. I thought, Oh man, please, we got babies around the house. I, I forgot what I said, y'all. Who was paying attention? Western Sizzler. <laughs> I don't know how I forgot that. <laughs> I don't know if I ever told y'all this. I had this young couple one time I was working with and he came to me and said, I don't I just don't like kissing my wife no more. So, I just don't have no desire. And I said, Look, what you're going to have to do is the next time that thought crosses your mind, just kiss her. I said, Maybe she'll be fixing supper. Maybe she'll be vacuuming. But whenever you see it, just kiss her. He'd come back a few days or weeks, whatever it was, smiling. He said, It worked. He said, sure enough, we sat down to eat. I don't know some way she looked at me. I just felt like I just reached over the table and grabbed her, got to kissing her, and first thing I know, we knocked the table over, and forks is going everywhere. She said, said, it was wonderful, but we're never going to get to go back to Western Sizzler again. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. But uh, anyway, at Western Sizzler, (laughs) Uh, just for y'all that were do- that was dozing off early. at Western Sizzler when it says it's an 8 ounce steak they weigh it you're not getting 9 ounces they're going to give you the minimum you look on the cereal box and this has got 10% of your minimum requirements or 20% or even we've got 100% of your minimum requirements well obviously there is a point somewhere really There's got to be a point somewhere that I'm saved here, and I'm not saved here. I mean, it just makes sense. There's got to be a point. But I don't want to live at that point, folks. Why would I want to live at the point uh, that one more thought, or one more misdeed, or, or one more lack of prayer would cast me aside? But at some place and some time, uh, there is a place there. But if you really want to be saved, you're not worried about how close you can be to the world, or how close you can be to the flesh. But, oh God, I want to Lose myself in you, oh God! I want to climb up the mountain top. Oh, I want to see the next hillside. I want to see what's going on. I told you that time and I, it still every once in a while comes to me and I've never been what I want to be. But when I was jogging and quoting that scripture, if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. And it got on my mind there's got to be a difference between praying and seeking his face. Praying is, oh God, help me today. Lord, would you have your hand upon all these prayer requests we called off? There's nothing wrong with that. God, I want you to have my hand. But seeking His face as I began to quote that scripture and I was jogging and it just got on my mind and when I got back home I got out the dictionary and I looked up seek and one of the definitions of seek or one of the synonyms was to discover and somehow my mind jumped to Columbus that Columbus we say he discovered America but he never saw the Mississippi River he never saw the Grand Canyon he never saw the Smoky Mountains all he saw was the coast and there's too many people that say I have found God and they're still wading around on the shore wondering why they don't enjoy living for God you need to get off the coast and go inland a little ways you need to get away from where you first got in that God I want to see like I've never seen I want to walk like I've never walked I want to be what I've never been oh God that I might know you that I might know you And we've all been there, have we not? Seen somebody in a service that we really wondered, are they really that excited? How can they really be that thrilled? And just because we're not doesn't mean it's not real. Just because I'm not on the frequency, you see them in the mall, you see them different places, they got the earphones on. You know what? I can't hear a thing. ain't doing nothing for me. But it it must be doing something for them. They don't have to go to the chiropractor. Hallelujah. I mean, they're just juking and jiving just because I can't hear it doesn't mean it's not real you go to some places in the world today if you turn the radio on it would freak them out they'd never heard of a voices coming over a little box that doesn't mean it's not real what we've got to understand and folks please let me just throw this in never get that critical judgmental spirit if somebody's wanting to worship God I want them to worship God if somebody feels like a dancing will praise the Lord just let them dance if somebody feels like running just let them run Because, I don't know, they may be on a different frequency than I'm on. They may be hearing a voice that I can't hear. And sometimes we're guilty of thinking, well, if if I can't feel it, nobody else could either. But have we not sometimes been there ourselves when we've been walking in the Spirit and feeling so good? And you come to service. And matter of fact, I was all fired up this afternoon. And folks started getting these phone calls again about... Jenny's at the hospital and Lori's may have to have appendicitis and I thought man what is going on here Lord I was all fired up felt like worshiping and praising you and, and people I love and care about is in pain and hurting and God what are we going to do here but you know what by the time I got to the church and began to pray a few minutes I thought the best thing I can do is get into prayer the best thing I can do is go to worship in God the best thing I can do is to become a vessel of praise and honor and glory and say Lord Flow through me and touch somebody, Lord. Let me just be an earthen vessel, folks. We're just earthen vessels. The, the The beauty's not in us. <laughs> the power's not in this flesh. But we're just an earthen vessel. Think about it. The most precious, most powerful commodity God puts in men. He puts in flesh, and some of the worst stuff you'll ever be around is the flesh. You let the flesh not have God in it. Well, you don't. We see what flesh without God is doing in our world today. I mean, what kind of world are we living in when they're wanting to marry same sex and when they're, when they're doing all these killing our babies? They're just doing all these things, and they're sometimes doing it in the name of God. I mean some of them have ordained ministers that are homosexuals what 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 Bible are they reading and they're claiming to use the same Word of God that I'm using but I'm glad that there's going to be a church hallelujah he said he's coming back for a glorious church without spot or blemish or wrinkle or any such thing and I intend to be in that church I intend to be right in the in God, I intend to stay hungry and seeking after the things of God. Just how long has it been since you got excited over a verse you read? Just to ask you that. Just a verse. All of a sudden, it might have even been one you heard preach, but it didn't move you. But all of a sudden, you're just reading that. Now, y'all sign up for the Bible thing here. If you read your Bible, I'm, I'm telling you, the Word of God is powerful, folks. We got to get the word in us. But I'm going to tell you, somebody said it the other day. Well, it must have been down at Alexandria. And y'all know I'm for Bible quizzing. I am. I'm a big time supporter of Bible quizzing. But he said, You know, I got Bible quizzes that can quote the word of God but can't live moral. See, I got to get it inside of me. It's got to be more than just a mind thing that I've memorized. Because if you don't mix the word of God with faith, it doesn't do you any good. I don't care how much you hear, you got to mix it with faith. And somehow we have got to understand, Lord, help me. And in our world that we're in today that's just gone crazy, you know, that has lost all their, their senses, it looks like, here we are. Here we are. And we're having to define, you know, what, what is love, not the world? What What is, in other words, there's so, so many things that really, when you look at the world today, uh, you know, I remember a few years ago, one of the ministers quit wearing ties because he felt like, you know, that it was somehow an adornment. Of course, I guess it is an adornment. But you know what? It attracted more attention by not wearing the tie. You know you couldn't help but look at it because of what's he doing without his tongue on? You know it drew attention to him, and so when you talk about modesty, modesty is not drawing attention to yourself. Let me just throw on that i'm I'm fixed to teach on that y'all while it's winter time. Hallelujah. Before summer gets here. Some of the sleeves and slits and all that kind of stuff, praise the Lord. We got to understand. Living for God is more than just coming to the house of the Lord. Living for the Lord does require some things out of us. And I'm going to tell you, when you're in love with him, it don't matter. I'm just going to tell you, when you're in love with him, it just don't matter. You know? You know what's saying? Anybody remember when you was dating? Who remembers when you was dating? Did you just say, I'll see you once a week? why no? Cindy's daddy, he just about had a bad attitude at me. Because I wanted to take her to school. I mean, we was in college. I wanted to pick her up and take her to school. I wanted to drive her to work. She worked at Ben Franklin's making a dollar an hour. And uh, I was after her money. Hallelujah. And uh, I wanted to be there. And it made me so mad, though. I mean, really, he made her be home at 10 o'clock. And she was 20 years old you know what now that i'm a dad that ain't a bad rule hallelujah really really it's not a bad rule but i'm going to tell you i told her one time well if that's the way it's going to be i just can't i can't live with that that lasted about five minutes (laughs) I thought, well, I guess so. If that's the way they're going to be, I guess so. I sent her mama flowers one time. You know, man, I was doing all the right stuff. But you know what? I've seen a lot of people before they get married, they want to spend all their time together. And I hate to tell you about the young couples. Hey there, sweetheart. I hate to tell you about the young couples after they get married, though the complaints I heard, he won't spend no time with me. He wants to stay on the ball field or hunting or doing something all the time. You know, what happened there? Really, what happened? But that's what we do to the Lord. When God, when we get repentance working on us, there's a desire to read the word of the Lord. There's a desire to come to the house of the Lord. I'm going to tell you, in Cleveland, I witnessed this several times. People was faithful, and this blew my mind the first time or two it happened. They would come faithfully for three or four months seeking the Holy Ghost, get the Holy Ghost, and then quit coming. I hate to tell. You, I'm just telling you. Somehow, see, when they got the Holy Ghost, though, they began to realize there was a price tag, and they weren't willing to pay that price. But they thought it was going to be some cool, nifty thing. They they thought it was just some phase they was going through. Folks, this is everything you got's what this is about. <laughs> he's not wanting believers. He's wanting disciples. <laughs> yeah, you got to believe first. But what's wrong with the church world today is, is I'm a believer that's what they want to be he's looking for disciples he's looking for somebody that understands there's a price to be paid that hey if the almighty God would love me enough to wash my sins away anything he wants of me I ought to be glad to do God any request you would have here it is God here's my money here's my time here's my dress here's my actions here's my hobbies here's everything that I got God I lay it down before you I will be what you want me to Be. And that's why the rich young ruler, and I, I've told you before, it still boggles my mind that when he comes and says, "What must I do?" And the Lord said, "This one thing thou lackest." If the Lord just told me right now there wasn't but one thing I lacked, I'd just be shouting all over here. If there was just one thing I lacked, He said, "One thing thou lackest." You know, nowadays, and I believe in this. I'd have been saying, oh, just come on a while. Just greet us and meet us and bring your checkbook with you. You know, he's a rich guy, you know. But Jesus didn't do that. He hit him right between the eyes. Because he knew this was a man. It must have been some kind of businessman or something. He said, I'm going to go right to the bottom line. That's the kind of guy you are. You're a bottom line guy. I want what's most important to you. And you know what? God still wants that. It's not the same thing for all of us. Some of us have different things that that's what really our treasure is. But you're going to have to be willing to give it to him. I still kind of halfway believe if he would have said, here it is, Lord, he might have just told him to keep it. I don't know. But you got to be willing, folks. You got to be willing to say, Lord, not my will, but thine be done because God knows what thing that I hold in my heart that's so precious to me that, that that means so much to me and I've actually had people I mean I could tell you some sad and, and some of them even sound funny stories though of things that people quit living for God over I'm talking about things that to me didn't make any sense and they just were say I just can't do it if that's what it's going to take to live for God you know what the problem is they never got a glimpse of him Isaiah saw him high and lifted up. See, that's why I believe in worship so much. I know I still don't see him like I need to and I am going to clap my hands I do my best ever service I'm going to raise my hands and God if I can just get any feeling at all I kind of want to dance a little bit because I'm trying to get the pride out of the way and the ego out of the way and everything out of the way because I know if I ever really see him as he is all of a sudden it's so easy to live for God <laughs> when you really see him and you see the beauty of him and you understand that this life we're just traveling through we're, we're, we're just peeling. Pilgrim- going through this place that this is so short term all of a sudden it doesn't seem very much to say God whatever you want I will follow you Lord I'm going to seek your face I want to encourage us tonight somebody in this church and and actually it's several somebody's, is obviously touching God right now for the last several weeks and actually maybe even a few months there's a few people in this church that's touching God I want to encourage you don't be satisfied now you need to keep on pursuing him him. And if you haven't been pursuing him, I want to encourage you to get with it. I want to encourage you to start praying every day. I want to encourage you to start reading your Bible every day. Because I'm going to tell you, it's actually fun living for God when you reach a certain place. Really, it is. Now, to stay there, you're really going to have to be like the old duck. That old duck looks like he's just doing nothing but under the water. Pool. He's just getting with it. You ever see somebody in church like they're just always the same? Folks, believe you me, they're having to paddle some of the time, too. But they just understood. They made up their mind. They committed. I'm in this thing, Lord. And matter of fact, where am I going to go? Who am I going to go to? At the Alamo, won't y'all come to the museum? You know, a few of them maybe even had a chance right at the very end to slip away. But there came a point that it was too late. You done committed here and you may as well fight. I want you to know, you need to get that place in your life. It's miserable when you're in the middle. Am I going to live for God or not? Oh, I've been there. What a pitiful place it is to be. I'd come, I'd come to church, and I'd boo-hoo and cry, and wouldn't hardly to get out to my car before I was wanting to do something. It's terrible, folks, to be that way. And I'm telling you, a lot of times I was there in my young days. and Even after I, when I, Be truthful. If I don't pray right now, I'll be pitiful. Folks, I'm just telling you, I got to have God i got to have God. I can't live. I have too much pressure. Unbelievable pressure. I I'm, gonna I'm, since I've been home because time, it's been an unbelievable not just natural battle but a spiritual battle that I have been waging. I, I mean it has been I had such a burden Saturday night up here. I cried around this altar and I wept and I boo-hooed and, and I mean it just I poured out from God and, but I don't know somehow I touched him because that, that one area that was so burdened to me God kind of lifted that off of me but I'm going to tell you we're going to have to fight folks. It's going to be a fight to the end. But there's a great satisfaction that comes when you know you've given your best. That, God, I did everything I could do. I stood toe to toe. I stood upon the Word of God, and I'm standing on it tonight. Why don't we stand tonight? Why don't we gather around the front? It's only 830. Hallelujah. We're going to sing a song. I I just wish somebody would worship the Lord. I just wish somebody praise the Lord.